podcast listeners and, and uh, Discord friends. This is time for Go to Bed. And I'm the Suze, here I'm with Ken. my bud, Kenny Pick. That's right. Yep, that's right. And we're here to tell you that it may be February, it may be the snowiest time of the year, but spring is coming. That's what I like to say. Yeah, and daylight Eventually. savings. Eventually. Daylight savings time's right around the corner, too. Yeah, there's a sign for you. Daylight savings time. And the Super Bowl is happening this Sunday, and I'm, I'm glad I'm going to stop hearing about the frickin' Bengals for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's all that they're doing is talking about the Bengals. Like, the we Bengals. care. The Bengals, the Bengals. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so, um, happy Thursday, everybody. Yeah. Pretty great selling weekend this past weekend. Yeah, and we did have we did have a friend buy a bunch of stuff. An yeah, old friend of our podcast, which was great. Yeah, a listener uh, bought a bunch of stuff. I don't know if I necessarily want to mention their name because I didn't ask. If that would well, be let's not. Let's not then. So, but, uh, but yeah. they knew who they are. And yeah. it was uh, it was a nice big order of a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of great movies. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's and I threw in so many freebies, so many freebies into that box. But yeah, so we had. Uh, um, That's what you get. Yeah. And if you if you listen to the podcast and you make an order over um or over at. Uh, Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Oh, on eBay. Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Then we will give you freebies. Yeah. Because we're you... making a new freebie box, and we're finding that there are a lot of things that we'd like to give away. Yeah. You like I freebies? Mean, Who doesn't like a freebie? It's like stuff that you know. If I like, I, I I don't sell library copies anymore, and we have a few library copies of some pretty great movies. Or sometimes there's a a blu-ray dvd combo that's missing a disc like somebody will keep the blu-ray and just leave the dvd in it you know stuff like that and you know or if the case is too messed up or something or if it's just like we have a bunch of like old dollar store dvds that are just in the cardboard slim cases and they don't really sell for anything i mean watch i'll be wrong and they'll all be worth like fifty dollars a piece in 10 years you know but um for right now, they're just taking up space. We're not going to second-guess ourselves. We're just going to be generous. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. So, And there's other stuff, too, that I know that won't sell for that much but are good movies because, you know, they made tons of them. So I'll just, you know, and if I have multiple copies, I'll just be like, eh, here you go. So Why not? Um, Hiya, Firefox. Glad Fox, to see you in the chat. That'd be Foxfire. Foxfire. Oh my gosh, I got it backwards. Uh, you're not the first. Um, but uh, but yeah, we we had a pretty good uh, pretty good uh, selling weekend. Things slowed down a little bit after the weekend, but we still sold stuff. You know, we only had one day with no sales, but you know that happens all the time. And again, you know, when we have a nice big weekend like we had, it it makes you know makes it a little 
a little more uh, pain free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, we've been adding lots new, lots of new brand new DVDs, all kinds of crazy, weird horror and sci-fi and, uh, some dramas and stuff. And we've actually been trying to cater to cater to customers for, uh, black history month as well. So we've gotten a lot of, um, good features with, uh, a, a lot of great African American talents, uh, for, from documentaries, you know, we've got a documentary about Muhammad Ali, uh, that we just listed. We have, um, a, uh, two turntables and a microphone, the life and death of Jam Master Jay, who it's a great documentary. I'm a big run DMC fan. So, um, from back in the day and, uh, yeah. Back so, in the day. So, you know, and, and actually I just followed up on that and his, uh, his murderers were caught and, um, but, nice. uh, Merrick Garland, um, our, uh, attorney general, right? Yeah. Um, I um, think so. Yeah. Uh, who was president Obama's nominee to the Supreme court back in the day that was blocked by Republicans. Um, he, uh, he, he said that his killer should not get the death sentence so um that was an interesting turn of events but um yeah so anyway uh but yeah a lot so lots of lots of great stuff we have some fun stuff up with like you know james earl jones and wesley snipes and uh i just picked up a movie today with uh viola davis that i want to list so you know just trying to show my appreciation through the store of what you know uh, it, I, I was watching some something interesting the other day. You, you know, uh, somebody said you don't have to, you don't have to be black to celebrate Black History Month. You just need to appreciate the contributions of African Americans in this country. And I absolutely 100% do. You know, we wouldn't have the music we have today without African Americans. We wouldn't have. It's true. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, our culture, our you know, influences on food and culture and entertainment overall and contributions to society science um and you know inventions yeah exactly sure. so all kinds of things so um all kinds of things and uh but anyway <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and get to uh some of our sold stuff uh, <laughs> but we we haven't um haven't done much different other than, uh, let me see, I did a slight packaging upgrade on our bubble envelopes from eBay. Hmm. Um, we did, uh, oh, I got Fascinating, something. fascinating. People are riveted by the bubble envelopes. Oh, I know, I know. I, I, I did get yeah. something fun to go with our Scream uh, movie night packs. Yeah, that's um, fun. I found at the Dollar Tree, I found uh, packs of eight popcorn bags like the red and white striped popcorn bags you get the, at the movie theater so i thought Why not? you know throw that in uh, to to the party packs and you know just a little fun added bonus because it comes with you know the dvds or the vhs tapes of the screen movies a mask some oh, movie candy yeah. in the boxes and now popcorn bags but i'm not going to send popcorn you know popcorn <laughs> popcorn expires too quickly and even if i send it in like the microwave packs I mean, if grease leaks on anything in there, game over. You know, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, gross. So, Nobody wants uh, that. the candy has a better shelf life. 
Um, and you know, I'll, I always check self-contained. Yeah, and right? if it sits, or, yeah, if it sits around for a while, I'll check the dates on it and I'll replace it with new stuff. Um, because uh, I like buying candy. <laughs> so uh, there's a steady stream of candy going through this house, is what he's saying, and yeah. you'll get the newest one. <laughs> yes, I'll yeah. eat the expired stuff. I don't care. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so some, uh, in our storefront this week, uh, let's talk it. Let's, uh, here, let me share the storefront in case anybody wants to look at it. Um, well, our storefront for today, our storefront's different every day. They're every uh, day. Oh, look, we got a quick kiddo teaser. I'm excited mm -hmm. about that. It's there. Hi, kiddo. So, yeah, if anybody wants to follow, he looks along, like he's delving deep into the ocean. Or delving deep into something. With some food. It's adorable. Um, yeah. But yeah, so our storefront uh, featured items, I went with uh, featured items, dystopian future. Uh, so we've got uh, six movies in that category. One called Ill, Final Contagion. Horrible looking movie. <laughs> it's gross, but it's yeah. about a uh, scientist who unleashes a plague on the earth. Uh, and there's a new movie with, uh, or, well, from 2014, there's a movie called Aftermath with Edward Furlong from uh, The Terminator, Terminator 2, I think. And, um, or maybe he was in the first, I don't remember, Edward Furlong. But um, yeah, this one is a fun-looking movie about uh, nuclear holocaust and a bunch of people in Texas cram themselves into a house and fight against like creepy locals and radiation poisoning and stuff like that real fun like you um, do a recent nicholas cage movie the humanity bureau uh that is a dystopian future movie and i can't remember what the plot is of that another one called uh infected aka the dead inside from 2012 another z zombie apocalypse movie then one called voodoo apocalypse that looks really fun yeah uh and that's from 2018. And then A Blast from the Past, Fred Williamson in Warriors of the Wasteland <laughs> from, from 1983. That's a fun one. Um, our Just In category is, that is exactly what it is. It's Just In. We just listed this stuff. The Invincible Fighter, Jackie, the Jackie Chan story from 1985. Um, this movie is, it is the worst transfer onto a DVD I think I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> And I, I made note of that. Um, and sat most, some of the subtitles get cut off, too. Um, there's a movie called American Brawler, mm. a.k.a. Barrio Brawler. Kind of a weird fight club kind of movie. Uh, copying Beethoven with Ed Harris from 2006. Kind of a fictionalized uh, story of uh, the last days of, of Ludwig von Beethoven's or van Beethoven's life. Mm. And then one of your favorite actors, uh, Heather Graham, Susan. Yeah. With, uh, sorry, I just had... I liked her, but she dated Adam Ant. Jealous? So jealous. Mm-hmm. It's my first love. Aw. Oh, so, yeah, uh, this movie, um, speaking of the Terminator series, this one has Linda Hamilton in it, along with Jer Jake Busey and Jeremy Sisto. Jeremy mm -hmm. Sisto was in 
that horror movie may that you like very much yeah and i also love that six feet under that y'all would love that we are classic. not we don't have it for sale but <coughs> one day great movie one, one day, day we'll, we'll find a copy upon of it. a copy and put it up for sale um, great, great horror movie yeah and i just i just made a decision and i didn't tell you about it tonight i think we should make a whole bunch of love movies because thanks yeah. uh, thanksgiving valentine's day is coming up and, yeah, uh, I, I had the same thought. We need to start thinking about love, not yeah. just dystopian futures, because dystopian futures are fun, but they're also not really happy and loving. Well, the only reason I did that was because, like, several of the movies in that category were just listed, so I just wanted to go with yeah. the theme. Um, but here's one we can put in the new one, Love is Strange, uh, LGBTQ. Yeah, there's a good one. An LGBTQ uh, uh, drama romance mm-hmm. um, with John Lithgow and Alfred Molina as a married couple who um, end up uh, the, the I think Alfred Molina's character works for the like Catholic archdiocese and they find out he gets oh. married and they strip him of his pension and his and all kinds of stuff. And uh, yeah, they, they were have, like, don't ask, they, don't tell. And, they have and, to then, go, and then he and got have, married publicly and they were like, what? Yeah, and just so I can finish my sentence, and then and then they have to go live with family, and and uh, you know it's an interesting story. Uh, and then Walmart, Mark Wahlberg and the Gambler. It's pretty much what it sounds like. It's Mark Wahlberg in a movie about gambling, um, with John Goodman with a bald head. He looks like that the in the ad where he's somebody's thumb. John Goodman. As John Goodman. Thumb. Yeah. And oh, that has Brie Larson in it, too. Cool. Big fan of uh, Captain America? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Every time I say it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did top picks as some uh, crazy animation. Um... There's a really obnoxious-looking cartoon called Super Duper Sumos Volume Two, where they just talk about the. It's I guess it's, it's like the worst because it just has all the butt jokes in the world in it. <laughs> Nothing like some good '80s body shaming. Yeah, this was like early 2000s, 2003. I oh, think. same. So yeah, okay. I thought it was '90s. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of nineties is Superman and friends. It's got four episodes from the Superman animated series, not for the completest out there, but you know, it's a fun little DVD, uh, pale force, which apparently was some kind of Conan O'Brien, um, and Jim Gaffigan animated feature mm-hmm. the, from the Conan O'Brien show. Um, yeah. where, uh, that, that looks interesting. <laughs> Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, based on the Grant Grant Morrison story called Earth Two. Space Pop takes off, not your average princesses, and then Napping Princess, which is that newer anime that I just listed. Oh, Uh, okay. And we still got our Scream stuff down in the bestsellers, Airplane Two, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Movie 43, which are all movies that we've sold before. Movie 43 is terrible. So, <laughs> terrible. 
Yeah, a bunch of actors that did that movie 43 were like, we regret doing that movie. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's what's in our, our featured storefront. Again, just to kind of get into the mindset of how we, we change things every, every night. Every night the storefront gets changed because we had, oh, we're trying to stick to 15 listings a night. So, and we've yeah. been pretty good at that. So, uh, and you know, I cycle in older stuff too, uh, in there. Uh, not all this stuff is ju just listed. I try and get every new listing in one category or the other. And then I cycle in some more recent stuff or some stuff that, you know, I know will sell eventually that need, need some more eyeballs on it. So, um, but, um, but yeah, so, but you, you've been pretty happy with how we're doing the storefront Sue's, right? Oh, definitely. I just, it, it was nice that we found that so we could mm -hmm. do this just in and all the cool, I, I think it's just, it makes it look different and catches people's eyes different in different ways. Yeah. And there is just a weird, I mean, there's just so much crazy stuff here. You know, and, and all these newer movies that we've been finding and, and listing on DVDs, it's like, I want to see these. There's this movie called The Foreigner with Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. And I'm like, it looks really good. It looks like a really good thriller. Uh, and then there's one with Scott Glenn called The Barber about a where he plays a serial killer. And I'm like, oh, my God, this looks good, too. You know? And, yeah. Uh, and we just, in Oculus, that's one with Katie Sackhoff and Karen Gillan. Um, Katie Sackhoff, of course, from Battlestar Galactica and Karen Gillan from Doctor Who, Doctor Who and plays uh, uh, Gamora in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. So. Um, It'd be hard to, it's hard to, to uh, identify without... What her green face and her purple hair blue, and blue, <laughs> blue hair. Yeah, she's and blue and designs blue. on her face and scarification, whatever they did. Yeah, she's character. got robot. She got robot features. So, yeah. but you recognize her as uh, what was her name? Amy Pond. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Amy Pond. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about her sister. No, that's Zoe Saldana. Okay. She's actually African American, played Ahura in the uh, Star Trek movies, the newer Star oh. Trek movies. So, um, uh, but yeah, so all right, so so that's our storefront. Um, we did, yeah, I talked about the upgrade of the smiley face stickers. That's fun. Uh, the, um, I did talk to somebody at the post office the other day, our favorite guy at the post office. About scan sheets, because I heard another eBayer, Susan, that Susan likes, talk about scan sheets. And um, apparently, if you have a whole bunch of items, you can print out a scan sheet of all the items, and then it has one barcode, and it'll scan everything all at once. So oh, they'd be so happy. Yeah, they would be, but I mean, so far, the most items I've taken into the post office on one day is like 12. So that's yeah. not too bad. No, I mean, our usual is like between two and three, which is <clears throat> nice. I mean, it would be great if we had 12 a day, but hey. Yeah, I th I'd know. say on average we have like five a day 
you know, for yeah. counting counting big days and then days we don't have anything. You know, I'd, I'd say we average five to six packages a day. Um, uh, meh, probably five, maybe four or five. But um, yeah. So let's go ahead and look at sold. Of course, I have what we sold. The last three things we sold. Some fun mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, the and and I'll just say this: the end of an era on an item we we had in our store. <laughs> so unless there unless there's another one hiding, if I'm if I'm just completely you know not seeing it on these shelves, but I think we sold our last copy of something we had a lot of copies of. Um, mm-hmm. But um, all right, so let's go to uh, uh, orders. Yeah, there we go. All orders. So. Um, all right, skipping the last three, uh, we have, um, Night Angel 1999 VHS, uh, body horror with Karen Black and Isa Jank, sexy shocker. Uh, that is a VHS that has been sitting around for a long time. Uh, that was one of our earliest listings and we got 1599 out of it. Didn't cost us anything. Um, the Triangle two DVD set with Eric Stoltz and Sam Neill, uh, former rental DVD copy, nine ninety nine. That was one of those thirty three cent movies I got from the local discount store. That were the resale rentals that I cut open and cleaned up. Um, and then our big order from our 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 friend and listener, um, who will go unnamed unless they contact us and say it's okay. Um, big order with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, DVDs and Blu-rays, including Nova Secrets of the Sun, um, Beauty and the Beast, the complete first, uh, season, uh, the Star Wars trilogy, uh, the original one, um, A New Hope, Empire Jedi, um, Princess Bride, brand new DVD, uh, Airplane 2, the sequel, 1982. The Care Bears movie, classic from 1985. And Star Trek The Motion Picture from 1979. And Star Trek The Undiscovered Country from 1991. Uh, really great package of movies. Uh, took advantage, also this person took advantage of our buy two get one free sale. Uh, we have about 500 movies and our buy two get one free DVD and Blu-ray sale, so uh, they did get an extra movie uh, for free there. But uh, it was like you know, uh, over a hundred dollar order. So we appreciate that very much. That helps us out, and you get a lot of cool stuff for really, if you think about it, not a ton of money. You know, eight movies for you know little over a hundred bucks, like an entire first season, a three DVD uh, Blu-ray pack rather. Uh, the Star Wars trilogy, and and a freebie, and all the freebies I put in the box too, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, Needful Things from 1993. That I don't know where it came from. I think that might have been King's Highway, or it might have been from my dad's stuff. Uh, 17.99 because it is out of print. You cannot buy this yeah. on DVD anymore. Um. Uh, Blackbird from 2014. I sold from 9.99. That was locally sourced for a dollar. Um, 
without a paddle blu-ray 1199 that is <laughs> seth green and matthew lillard and dax shepherd uh let me see humanoids from the deep vhs 1399 um sold another copy of mon 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 monsters to the same guy because the post office smashed his a little it didn't smash it beyond recognition but he wanted a pristine cover and the post office mm -hmm. crushed his box and it, it dented it but he bought another and i gave him a free movie so you know he could so he wasn't spending money on the same movie twice essentially but he got a nice yeah. brand another brand new movie uh i gave him a copy of this uh um excuse me baba yaga mm. let's try to remember which seems like something he might like you know mm -hmm. and um oh this was big the big exciting one back to the future dickens of a christmas 1991 vhs factory <laughs> factory sealed animation um 72.99 yay <laughs> <laughs> um and i had just sent a best offer on that for like 65 and somebody but somebody bought a full price um let me see when was our last show on the third right yeah because today's the 10th we sold um david copperfield illusion 2004 dvd documentary statue of liberty mm -hmm. and more magic Twenty-two dollars. I, I I know I got that for a buck somewhere. Um, and then we sold our Scream one through three uh, DVD with Ghostface Killer uh, party pack with candy, fifty-seven ninety-nine. Somebody in Canada bought that and ended up paying like an extra thirty bucks to have it sent to Canada. <laughs> That's how desirable this thing is. And now we have Scream one through four party packs, and I'm gonna put those popcorn bags in there too and make it even more enticing um mm -hmm. let me see uh also sale from february 4th um uh, maze uh, it's either maze or maze uh bakunetsu jiku ova 1996 vhs tested sleazy comedy or er, comedy anime nudity english dub 25 dollars uh, actually, no. I, they they sent an offer twenty twenty three seventy five. Uh, that was from my collection that I inherited. Um, a dollar movie got uh, called Super Eruption from twenty eleven about a volcano. Uh, Nine dollars and nineteen cents from my collection. Invasion of the Saucer Men, VHS tested fourteen ninety nine. Uh, and then, yeah, I think we're up to date. Yeah. Unless, uh, wait, yeah, so these two sold during or after our show last week. Mm -hmm. Buffalo Girls 1995 sealed, um, with Melanie Griffith, Reba McIntyre, Sam Elliott. Uh, that sold for $7.75. That's, that's another thing. We have, um. We've sold a lot of natural disaster movies. Oh, yeah. We should People put that it. with the natural disaster movie spoof we just listed. So. Disaster movie? 
Yeah, yeah, disaster yeah. movie with a bunch of movies about actual natural disasters. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and then um, threshold another quarter, no twenty thirty three cent DVD from the local discount store, uh, former rental. Uh, threshold DVD 2003, hard to find, uh, alien bug, insect, sci-fi horror TV movie <laughs> <laughs> about giant moths, I believe, or killer moths of some sort. Giant moths. Yeah. So yeah. And then that takes us up to what we sold from last week. So that's, that's a pretty, uh, pretty nice selling week there. Um, yeah. you know, that's, uh, I, I like that. So, and you know, again, things pick up. Uh, usually sales start picking up on Thursday and then, um, we'll have a big burst on like Saturday and Sunday or something and, and then it'll slow down, but we still get things trickling in. And, and of course that brings us to what we, what we sold for the last, uh, uh, let me see. Um, the last three things we sold. Did I load that up? I don't think I did. Um... Let me find it here. But yeah, Susan's sad because <laughs> it's it's the end of an era on one of the items. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> should I name what the item is? Do you want me no, to say? No, let, let me play because uh, I have some audio from it. It it won't be okay. real real precise, but you can talk about it after we uh, do the what we sold break. And here it is. Here's what we sold for. February 10th, 2022, the last three items that sold. for thousands of years. A mystery. A secret. A threshold to the future. Where'd you find this? I've, I've never seen anything like this. One man will break the code and open the door. Well, this should read Stargate. That was in front of us the whole time. The other will lead the way. Why are you here? I'm here in case you succeed. Jackson's identified the seventh symbol. Backup storage, reserve power, on. What is that? 
It's your stargate. We've opened a doorway to a world we know nothing about. The has locked itself onto a point somewhere in the Kalium galaxy. It's on the other side of the known universe. Your turn now. They prepared for danger. Begin final evacuation. They expected the unknown. Stabilizing system. Initiated commencement sequence. But they could never have imagined this. shoot anything that comes down that ramp. Your job here is to realign the Stargate. Can you do that or not? I can't. What the hell is going on? My orders were simple. Track down signs of any possible danger. Well, I found some. I can't make it work without the seven symbol. Seven minutes. Now, the most amazing discovery of our time. Jackson, wait for me. Is about to become the most extraordinary adventure of all time. Kurt Russell, James Spader, Jay Davidson. Stargate. A Roland Emmerich film. Nigel Marvin, a time-traveling zoologist and a man who has had his fair share of close scrapes with dinosaurs. But the Earth has witnessed more terrible monsters than these. What Nigel is about to learn about prehistory is that no matter how bad things get on land, the one thing you should never, ever do is get in the water. Suze, would you care to elaborate on that last last one? Oh, that was that was um chased by sea monsters, right? It sure was. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody yeah, we, about that about uh, because we had a stack of at least four of those. At least four, yeah, and yeah. It, it was a BBC. Was it a BBC? Yeah, it was part yeah. of the Walking with Dinosaurs trilogy i think yeah and then it came out to the last one chased by sea monsters and i just thought oh this is stupid nobody will ever want to watch that what what is that and it's just sat on the shelf forever and then i finally listed it and it sold and we've sold all four i guess and and we've had people say oh i've been looking for this for the longest time and i'm like well, that's great because we found it, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like I didn't know that I could help people and their strange little wanting of this tape. And I'm happy about that. And then we watched it on um, 
YouTube. We watched it streaming on YouTube because we didn't want to open the sealed packages to watch it. No. I mean, we'll watch videos like if we if they're open, but it seems a shame to open one when somebody could want it sealed. And it was pretty interesting. It was like all this. Um, it's not CGI, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, like, it's some pretty decent CGI for the day when it came out because I think that was like an early two thousands series. Yeah, prehistoric, prehistoric and uh, CGI dinosaurs and and CGI prehistoric creatures, and it's like they make them look. They look really real. I was like, that's real, and you're like, no, it's not. That thing doesn't exist in the world. And I'm like, are you serious? Because it looks really real. And you're just like, you were like, no, are you crazy? We don't have big scorpion creatures in the sea. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so we, those all came from the legendary Kings Highway uh, acquisition. We, We were sitting on them for a while. Susan listed one probably last fall or something like that. And, of course, when we sell one thing, we keep the draft around so we don't have to rewrite it. And we pretty much immediately relist another copy if we have duplicates. Like, um, you know, I just did that with the Star Trek movies. Um, Star Trek The Motion Picture and The Undiscovered Country. I have multiple copies of that. Um, Because, you know, Star Trek movies sell. It's good to have them in stock. Uh, I wish I could get more of them on DVD and Blu-ray, but I haven't locked into them yet. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the you know Susan will create a draft. Uh, we'll go in. One of us will take new pictures because our guarantee is the item in the pictures is the one you will receive, even if there yeah. is the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest difference um, between a product. I will not. You know, I've been tempted to just say no. I'll just reuse the pictures. But I, I, I can't, you know, it's like there could yeah. be one tiny little thing and then, you know, it could come back and they'd be like, oh, hey, this, this, you said it was the one in the pictures, but you know, it has this, this you, isn't. Know, you know, Ooh. the shrink wrap is crooked on this one, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Um, because, you know, people, people are finicky and I, and I, I hate it when people they use are. stock images too. It's so ugly and unprofessional to me to use a blurry stock image. And images that aren't square, you should have square tile images for your auctions, not rectangular, because eBay wants that. Just about every kind of, you know, like on social media, even with, you know, uh, if you use a profile picture, you want it to be square because it'll, it makes more sense for it to format it, even if it's putting it inside a circle, like on Facebook or something. You know, all of my long photos make me look slimmer. Yeah, really. Um, but, uh, uh, yes. And, and stripes too. Um, yes. and, um, Nobody wears more vertical stripes is stupid. Hamburglar. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, and, and even like for SoundCloud, when I do the, the show art, um, when, you know, Foxfire will send me, uh, her piece of artwork and I will, uh, I'll elongate it generally, you know, um, at the bottom to put in the title and I'll make sure that it's the dimensions and pixels are, are square. Usually I reduce it to 900 by 900 to keep, you know, some pretty good, uh, clarity on it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I mean, square pictures for anything are and it's really easy to do on an iPhone, you know, 
And in eBay, the eBay app pretty much always defaults for me to the square images. And I just think it looks nicer and it's more uniform. And then you don't get like gray bars on the tops or the sides or anything like that. But anyway, that's distracting from Chase by Sea Monsters and what else we sold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. but those, those came from the King's Highway acquisition, which is, is the constant payout. It's it's. It was a four hundred dollar acquisition, um, and it we've made uh, you know, you know at least I would say, I'd say we've probably made at least two thousand uh, dollars profit off of that purchase. Um, yeah. And the in Chase by Sea Monsters is a great example. Each one of those tapes sold for roughly twenty to twenty five dollars. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, probably about 75 bucks profit just on those four tapes. So, you know, taking out what shipping and eBay takes out and everything, you know. But at the same time, we're willing to post it, make the posting and wait four months, five months for it to sell. We're fine Mm -hmm. with that. But at the same time, we do spend we they do charge us, I think, 10 cents every month that the listings up that it doesn't sell. So yeah, that I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, that's, that's not that much. I don't think so. No. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, it, it, this one didn't take that long. Cause we just sold chase by sea monsters, uh, to that guy in Latin America, uh, early this year. Um, I can't remember. I'd have to go back uh, and look and see what the last ones we sold were. Um, but I swear to God that I, I really do think there might be another copy around that I misfiled it or something. I don't know. But it's not on the back stock shelves here. So so that's a drag. Um, but, um, but yeah, so the other things we sold there, uh, the 15th anniversary, unsealed Blu-ray copy of Stargate 1994, the, the movie, not the TV show. Um that uh i think i got 15 bucks out of that and then uh the first thing in there you know, give me an m give me a u give me an r give me a d give me an e give me an r what's that spell murder uh that was <laughs> cheerleader massacre uh i'm still waiting on the payment on that one but yeah. i thought it was fun to get in there it, sold that really for sold or just waiting for a payment just waiting for the payment this guy this guy i'll pay for it i had a, I, I emailed him back and forth oh good um okay. but uh and he's got a good ebay he's got a, a high feedback score um but um yeah 2350 for cheerleader massacre 2003 vhs tested tested rental it was a rental copy even you know and the box is not in that great a shape i mean it's you know it's intact but it's got a lot of you know wear on the corners and stuff like that it's not falling apart but you know this movie was trending pretty high and i was like i just listed it last week and it sold so and along with that humanoids from the deep which just sold those were from the same place i think i i think those i i think those i traded with my friend bob i had a blu-ray set that he wanted and he just gotten a bunch of VHS, uh, and I was looking through, and I was like, "Oh, how about these?" 
And, um, <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, go ahead and take him, you know, cause it was like a $60 Blu-ray set. Um, mm. so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's what, you know, we're still selling some VHS here and there and, you know, getting the bigger orders. And again, we want to thank you so, so, so much to our friend and, um, uh, podcast listener, um, for the big order. And again, we won't say who they are if they don't want to be, you know, want to be known for buying stuff. It's, you know, it's their, you know, I mean, we don't name any yeah. of our, we, we don't, don't name, name names. Yeah. we don't name any of our buyers, you know, maybe they want to be anonymous. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if that person knows we have a podcast. I think they, they do. do. That's how they knew about the oh, store, good. sweetheart. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, well, they know. you assume that, but. Yeah, they listen to the podcast. Yeah. They're one of the regular good, good. Uh, podcast downloaders. This I knew. Oh, um, cool. Okay. Yeah. And, um, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it, it, fun variety there. We're still definitely selling a lot of horror, a lot of sci-fi. Uh, yeah. trying to get more stuff like that in. Uh, but you know, we, we do sell the, you know, we sell the dramas, we sell the romances, we sell the comedies. Um, you know, again, trying to, we adhere, write the songs. Yeah. Trying, trying to adhere to our, our, our motto, uh, movie for everybody. Cause I truly yes. think that if you, if you like movies, uh, yeah. there literally is going to be something in the store. Um, for uh oh i'm gonna leave some feedback um but um nutcracker yeah yeah so anyway um uh anyway yeah so um the nutcracker prince i don't remember selling that but now oh, i think maybe i do now Around so. Christmas time? Yeah. Uh anyway. Uh yeah, they're sending me a they want me to leave feedback for Thunderball and did we we didn't sell Thunderball in Honor of Majesty's Secret Service. Didn't the guy cancel that? No, I don't think it's sold. I think we relisted it. Yeah. I stopped it and relisted it because it was old. Yeah, um, no, <laughs> not leaving feet. They didn't buy this thing. They they re they begged off. Yeah, they they uh, sent an offer of eighteen dollars and panicked and canceled. Which is so, always weird. Yeah, I'm not leaving feedback on that. Sorry, pals. Um and uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh no, I can't leave feedback on that one. They haven't paid yet. Um, <laughs> let me see. Hmm. Um, yeah, so let's go to our positive feedback. That's that's okay. and see what we have. Um, okay, here we go. There be dragons. This was. <laughs> You always laugh at that title. <laughs> it's just, it's not correct. There be dragons. Well, that was it's the... A, it's a the, grammatically incorrect sentence. Yeah. There are dragons, not there be dragons. Okay. So this one, uh, that movie that you always laugh at the title of, uh, <laughs> it's a war drama with Charlie Cox. 
Uh, so that was a 50 cent, uh, movie that we got from the Highlander acquisition, sold it for $10 and 19 cents or best offer nine fifty something like that. Uh, it says my DVD came in great condition, new and sealed, very quick delivery and very happy with my purchase would buy from seller again. Um, and, uh, I always like the, um, great item at to deal with great item at to deal with thanks a a a a a a a a a plus 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 buffalo girls i was worried about that one because i heard something rattling around in the tape but i think it was just i don't think it was anything major um it was 775 they got a freebie too i threw in a free western dvd uh nobody mentions the freebies when i send that out um i don't know uh, item is described, fast shipping, super eruption, robot riot. We got feedback on great fast service. Thanks. Um, not, you know, not a ton of packaging. Uh, the blood of Nostradamus, um, DVD arrived. Thanks for this rare movie. Great packaging as well. So I got a good, good feedback on the packaging. I like it when there's more when when there's you know positive feedback and they mention the packaging because I really put a lot of time and effort into making sure everything is packaged properly. I'm not you know I started off being one of those guys who would just put it in a mailer or, you know a bubble mailer and you know things were getting smashed and I had to just give you know fork the money back over. It's mm-hmm. like I would rather do a preemptive you know have a dollar's worth of packing materials that, you know, on it, but it doesn't really work out that way. Some of our items cost about a dollar. Our VHS boxes cost about a dollar. Those are our most expensive shipping items, but the, you know, they only get used for either one, one VHS tape, no matter what VHS tape it is, if it sells for $7 or if it sells for 60 or $70, it goes in one of these boxes. Um, and then there's also a bubble envelope inside of it. And then I, we use paper and shredded paper and, and we pack it tight, um, uses, you know, and then tape, tape it up, put the shipping label on three strips of plat, you know, tape and our stickers and, and it's good to go. But the DVDs I've gone to this economy shipping where I basically am using recycled cardboard for the interior. Um, and uh, then I, I wrap the, the DVD really securely, uh, tape that up, and then put it inside a bubble mailer. And that has worked out very well, and I've gotten g- good feedback on that. Um, so, But that shipping, the only costs going into that are the bubble mailers, which we got a big box of, is it 100 it's a hundred mailers in those boxes, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it's a hundred. It was a big box. Yeah, and they come from eBay eBay Supply Store. Every quarter, we get a twenty five dollar off coupon on the one purchase. So we just get the bubble mailers because their boxes, the variety of boxes, kind of stinks and they're really expensive. So the twenty five dollars off isn't really doing much. Um, five dollars? Didn't you still pay another five or something? No, it was like twenty dollars. So, so those, so, you know, what is that? $20 for a hundred envelopes. That's, um, 20 cents a piece. Is that it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Sounds Something like great. that. So yeah, so that's that's some pretty inexpensive um, um, packing material. Packing material. Um, so I feel like it's offset. Like, but the boxes that I have too. If somebody buys three DVDs, I can fit them in one of the VHS boxes. So I'll do that. Somebody buys more than that, I have the nine by nine by uh, three boxes that those are used for shipping two VHS tapes or a bunch more. And then I have what I lovingly refer to as the mask boxes, which were used for the scream masks, which are 12 by nine by four. And, um, again, that was the one order. I ordered 24 of them and they sent us 48, but they didn't charge us. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and like those, like the big order that our podcast listener, uh, uh, made that, that was filled with the eight DVDs and Blu-rays plus a whole bunch of bonus stuff to, to fill it out. So that, that sucker holds like you could probably get, uh, a good dozen DVDs in there, or maybe, uh, six to eight VHS tapes in it with, and, you know, and, but you still got to allow room for the packing materials too, because you don't want to just stack things in a box without bubble, bubble wrap. So, you know, so the the cost it ends up being kind of negligible on if you don't look at it in in the sense that okay, this box cost me a dollar for this VHS. If if you think about like something that costs you only twenty cents to ship versus something that costs you maybe a buck and a quarter, buck and a half to ship, you know, you got to kind of like you know merge all those numbers, you know. Uh, and, and kind of, you know, come, come up with an across the board on how much you're spending on your shipping. So, um, and I really haven't come up with a formula for how to track that or anything, but you know, it's something interesting to think about it, when you, when you're working on a smaller scale, like we are at the moment, you know, it's going to, I'm confident our sales are going to start going up and up and up because they already have been, because we're listing more stuff. Uh, we're approaching uh, 400, 400 positive feedback, a hundred percent positive feedback. And we're also approaching, uh, 2000 items in our store. The more stuff you have in our store, um, the, the more things. And, and what's really funny too, is sometimes I'll research, I'll, I'll search eBay to find an item, uh, you know, to see what it's, it's priced at. And a lot of times I'll see our items come up, not the exact item I'm looking for, but it has enough keywords in it that it's like, oh, how about this one? And I see our items pop up all the time, which is really kind of cool. <laughs> so, yep. and not only that, but uh, things that we sell multiples of, um, like the Chase by Sea Monsters thing, we basically changed the eBay algorithm on, you know, average price sold for. That was our average price that it was sold for. Nobody else was okay. selling them. So we could kind of bump the price up every time we sold one. And, you know, it, it, you know so it's interesting. Um, not a lot. Just a couple no, bucks, you know. No, a couple bucks just, you know, to kind of offset it. Uh, you know, to, you know, to, well, no, just to make more money, not offset. Just make more money. Nothing wrong with that. These are luxury items, you know, uh, people, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not like we're charging people, you know, $20 for a ham sandwich, you know? No, we're not. So. But uh, at the same time, it's like, uh, you, you went, 
Best Buy today. I don't know. You didn't cover this yet. No. They were selling mm-hmm. things there for like, you know. The cheapest thing was fifty. Yeah, for... cheapest thing was fifteen bucks, and they had you know I, I saw some box sets that were hundreds of dollars, you yeah. know. But I, I went into Best Buy because I haven't been into Best Buy in probably eight years, and yeah, I w- and they used to have big, huge bins of cheap movies that I used to go through, and I found some decent stuff in those too because I think they mm-hmm. they put re resealed returns and stuff like that in them. Um, but I, I went in and I and I went to the video section. It was so small, and I asked one of the the kids that was working there. I was like, "Hey, do you have you know discount movies? You know, cheap movie bin?" And they were like, "Yeah, sometimes we do in the far left corner." And I went back and I was no, no nothing there. <laughs> um, so I went to yeah. Uh, yeah. So so we were like, "All right, well, skip this place. Let's go to our other place." Um. And uh, yeah, so uh, Best Buy was was bust by. It was a bust. Yeah, but that that's that's re- you know that's understandable because they really did used to sell that stuff a lot, and people are doing streaming and minimalizing. But like I said, if it's a favorite, if it's something that you really like, keep a physical copy of it because you can't rely on streaming all the time. Mm-mm. You know, and there are things that have never made it to streaming. So, oh yeah, you know, where else are you gonna find all those Danielle Steele movies? And I'm thinking, there's, a, you know, I've I've kept a <laughs> subscription with Stars for the last six months, um, so I can watch a certain series I enjoy. But um, they're not gonna make any more of the series, and I should just—I'm just gonna buy them on DVD so I can like cancel the st- the subscription because I don't really watch stars that much, you know. So mm-hmm. it's good to buy a physical copy of the thing you want, and then you can cancel that streaming service. That's what I'm doing. So, do you think Kiddo is gonna be upset that we sold the last copy of Chased by Sea Monsters? Oh my gosh! I never thought about Kiddo and. Sh- He's my sea monsters. <laughs> look at Foxfire. Well, it's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's look at adorable. the look at the meme like Foxfire put on there. I know. That's so that's adorable. Great. It the really guy is. in an inner tube with binoculars. Um, and a sea monster behind him. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyway. Um, but yeah, we so we haven't really changed much. We you know, uh, but. Again, if, if anybody's ever thinking about going, you know, trying to do eBay stuff as a side hustle or, you know, even, you know, if, if you feel like you know enough about a certain product or yeah. something like that, you know, I, I mean, I could, and that's another thing too, is that we're, and we're going to go to the break in a minute, but I was, we were listening to this one guy that we, we, we kind of have a, uh, he's kind of a, an eBay frenemy. I mean, not like, you know, a personal rival or anything like that. It's just that sometimes he gives cool advice, but we had some direct communication that we thought was kind of crass um, about one of his shipping policies. And um, but he was talking about, you know, you know, what happens if if you end up the bottom falls out in whatever you're selling. You know, that that if if it just becomes worthless, the, the items that you're dealing in, there becomes no market for it. Because, you know, obsolescence from one reason or another. Um, yeah. 
and you know what what could you do to you know to to learn you know a new thing well you know for me it's easy because if movies and you know stuff they they just tanked and, and like it's like nobody ever wants to buy a VHS or a DVD again i could go to comic mm-hmm. books i have enough comic books that i yeah. can sell you know i could list <laughs> I have, I have a lot of comic books. <laughs> Let me just put we it down. list 15 a day for quite a while. Yeah. I often I, look at the books. Yeah. And I think a lot of these books are great. And the thing is, I've already gotten rid of a lot of them, but a lot of them I could sell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, and but I could But it is also, the top of the hour. Don't we usually take a break? Yeah. Yeah. We're taking a break. But I was just going to say, <laughs> you know, I could also do, uh, you know, uh, do cds too because i've got my massive cd collection too so um but anyway yeah. yeah so uh, all right let's let's go to break uh uh because uh foxfire has got to f- okay. go feed the, the ponies too so um here i'll just play some cereal commercials and we'll be back after this come to the honeycomb hideout i'm mr big and i'm tired of small cereals give me something with a big big bite honeycomb Nutritious breakfast of Post Honeycomb gives you a big bite. Big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. You like my coat? It's made of golden sugar. Mmm. Tastes like the golden sugar coating on my super sugar crisp. Hey, boss, look. Yeah, a golden bear. Hold on. This is a golden sugar coat. Mmm. It's just like my cereal's golden sugar coating. Mm-mm. Golden sugar coating makes my cereal sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. And post super sugar crisp cereals part of a balanced breakfast. I love your cereals golden sugar coating. That's why they call me Sugar Bear. Maybe you're sort of tired of eating the same old thing day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different, something delicious, something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other cereal you've ever tried. Now, if that's the case. Why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of crackly, crunchy, golden brown Wheaties Flakes tomorrow morning. Ask your mother to let you have a cereal you'll really like the taste of. Ask her for the big, husky cereal for wide-awake fellows and girls who not only star things, but who see them through. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have Wheaties, too. For most any fellows or girl's mother wants to see them eat a big bowl of a nourishing whole wheat cereal every morning. And your mother probably knows, too, that authorities now recognize that Wheaties supply the very same amount of heat-producing units you need to help keep your body warm these cold winter days as a cooked cereal does. So you can be sure she'll be glad to let you have all the Wheaties you want to eat this winter, if you ask her for them. Remind your mother to always look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Committee on Foods of the American Medical Association whenever she buys Wheaties. That seal means much to her. It tells her that Wheaties are a pure product, honestly advertised. And another thing, remind your mother that lots of grocers are featuring Wheaties and bananas now. Ask her to get some of each next time she goes to the store. Try that delicious breakfast combination tomorrow morning. You'll say it's swell. Try Wheaties, they're whole wheat with all of the brands. Won't you try Wheaties? For wheat is the best food of man. 
They're crispy, they're crunchy the whole year through. Jack Hampton never tires of them, and neither will you. So just buy Wheaties, the best breakfast food in the land. Snap. What a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. Me clap, rap. part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey It's Time for go to bed. Welcome back to Time for Go to Bed. I beat Sue's back to the microphone. Uh, yeah, so we are concluding the road to Oz tonight. All right, let's take a look at this. Kiddo drop. Kiddo spends Valentine's Day enjoying his newfound ability to speak butterfly. Oh, isn't that lovely? Unless, of course, those butterflies are the butterflies from Peacemaker on HBO Max. Then it's big trouble. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, all right. So, yeah. I'm going to open that up and save it. And look at that. We've got a, a typed font on it as well. Um, very nice. I'm going to have fun coloring those butterflies. Good stuff. Oh. To speak butterfly. And look, kiddo's making a heart with his two heads. He is. <laughs> oh that's my great. gosh, that's so cute. There's your there's your new tattoo. <laughs> did he learn did he learn like um how to speak butterfly on um what is it called? Duolingo. 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 <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. 
who's on there trying to speak butterfly. Yeah, that looks great. They have 7,000 words for air. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, thank you, uh, Foxfire. That's beautiful, uh, as always. Uh, and what a lovely Valentine's Day sentiment as well. So See, I'm, temp I'm tempted to make on. him, I'm tempted to make kiddo red, but I won't. Um, so anyway, all right, very cool. Uh, I will set to coloring soon as we, uh, uh, well, yeah, now Foxfire says she wants a kiddo tattoo now. There you go. So, um, there are, you know, uh, let's just all get them. <laughs> let's all go get drunk and get kiddo tattoos. Um, this is the first time I've ever heard you say something like that. Yeah, it is. And I'm wow. just kidding. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't do tattoos. So, <laughs> uh, I'd rather spend my money on candy. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and uh, start. Uh, we've got uh, the first uh, chapter 23 of The Road to Oz is only six and a half minutes, but the final chapter is 18 minutes. So we should we should get to it. You ready? Ben. All right, here you go. Chapter 23 of The Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 23, The Grand Banquet I wish I could tell you how fine the company was that assembled that evening at Ozma's royal banquet. A long table was spread in the center of the great dining hall of the palace, and the splendor of the decorations and the blaze of lights and jewels was acknowledged to be the most magnificent sight that any of the guests had ever seen. The jolliest person present, as well as the most important, was, of course, old Santa Claus, so he was given the seat of honor at one end of the table, while at the other end sat Princess Ozma the hostess. John Doe, Queen Zix, King Bud, the Queen of Ev, and her son Evardo, and the Queen of Maryland had golden thrones to sit in, while the others were supplied with beautiful chairs. At the upper end of the banquet room was a separate table provided for the animals. Toto sat at one end of this table with a bib tied around his neck and a silver platter to eat from. At the other end was placed a small stand with a low rail around the edge of it for Bellina and her chicks. The rail kept the ten little Dorothys from falling off the stand, while the yellow hen could easily reach over and take her food from any tray upon the table. At the other places sat the hungry tiger, the cowardly lion, the sawhorse, the rubber bear, the fox king, and the donkey king. They made quite a company of animals. At the lower end of the great room was another table, at which sat the rills and canucks who had come with Santa Claus, the wooden soldiers who had come with the Queen of Maryland, and the highlanders and lowlanders who had come with John Doe. Here were also seated the officers of the royal palace and of Ozma's army. The splendid costumes of those at the three tables made a gorgeous and glittering display that no one present was ever likely to forget. Perhaps there has never been in any part of the world at any time another assemblage of such wonderful people as that which gathered this evening to honor the birthday of the ruler of Oz.
When all members of the company were in their places, an orchestra of five hundred pieces, in a balcony overlooking the banquet room, began to play sweet and delightful music. Then a door draped with royal green opened, and in came the fair and girlish Princess Ozma, who now greeted her guests in person for the first time. As she stood by her throne at the head of the banquet table, every eye was turned eagerly upon the lovely princess, who was as dignified as she was bewitching, and who smiled upon all her old and new friends in a way that touched their hearts and brought an answering smile to every face. Each guest had been served with a crystal goblet filled with lacasa, which is a sort of nectar famous in Oz and nicer to drink than soda water or lemonade. Santa now made a pretty speech in verse, congratulating Ozma on having a birthday and asking everyone present to drink to the health and happiness of their dearly beloved hostess. This was done with great enthusiasm by those who were made so they could drink at all, and those who could not drink politely touched the rims of their goblets to their lips. All seated themselves at the tables, and the servants of the princess began serving the feast. I'm quite sure that only in Fairyland could such a delicious repast be prepared. The dishes were of precious metals set with brilliant jewels, and the good things to eat which were placed upon them were countless in number and of exquisite flavor. Several present, such as the Candy Man, the Rubber Bear, Tick-Tock, and the Scarecrow, were not made so they could eat, and the Queen of Maryland contented herself with a small dish of sawdust, but these enjoyed the pomp and glitter of the gorgeous scene as much as did those who feasted. The Wogglebug read his Ode to Ozma, which was written in very good rhythm, and was well received by the company. The wizard added to the entertainment by making a big pie appear before Dorothy, and when the little girl cut the pie, the nine tiny piglets leaped out of it and danced around the table, while the orchestra played a merry tune. This amused the company very much, but they were even more pleased when Polychrome, whose hunger had been easily satisfied, rose from the table and performed her graceful and bewildering rainbow dance for them. When it was ended, the people clapped their hands and the animals clapped their paws, while Billina cackled and the Donkey King brayed approval. Johnny Dewitt was present, and of course he proved he could do wonders in the way of eating, as well as in everything else that he undertook to do. The Tin Woodman sang a love song, everyone joining in the chorus, and the wooden soldiers from Maryland gave an exhibition of a lightning drill with their wooden muskets. The Rills and Canucks danced the fairy circle, and the Rubber Bear bounced himself all around the room. There was laughter and merriment on every side, and everybody was having a royal good time. Button Bright was so excited and interested that he paid little attention to his fine dinner and a great deal of attention to his queer companions, and perhaps he was wise to do this because he could eat at any other time. The feasting and merrymaking continued until late in the evening, when they separated to meet again the next morning and take part in the birthday celebration, to which this royal banquet 
was merely the introduction. End of chapter 23 See? Darn quick chapter there. That was quick. It's a fun party. Sounds like a fun party. Yeah. Santa Claus is like there. A, yeah, Santa Claus is there because she's good friends with Santa Claus. You know. Yeah, that's like A-list celebrities there. Mm-hmm. So, now I know what that package was that came in the mail. Those are new ink cartridges. Yeah, I know. I put them on the... They're on the table with your mail. Oh. Excellent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I put a mm-hmm. picture of a piglet because the piglets danced on the table. Fun. Yeah, I'm, like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in the chat room at the moment since I'm coloring. That's okay. But, uh, all right. Well, that was the intro. Here we go. The, the big finale. Uh, chapter 24 of The Road to Oz. It's a big old birthday bash. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Chapter 24 of The Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 24, The Birthday Celebration. A clear, perfect day with a gentle breeze and a sunny sky greeted Princess Ozma as she wakened next morning the anniversary of her birth. While it was yet early, all the city was astir, and crowds of people came from all parts of the land of Oz to witness the festivities in honor of their girl ruler's birthday. The noted visitors from foreign countries, who had all been transported to the Emerald City by means of the magic belt, were as much a show to the Ozites as were their own familiar celebrities, and the streets leading from the royal palace to the jewel gates were thronged with men, women, and children to see the procession as it passed out to the green fields where the ceremonies were to take place. And what a great procession it was! First came a thousand young girls, the prettiest in the land, dressed in white muslin with green sashes and hair ribbons, bearing green baskets of red roses. As they walked, they scattered these flowers upon the marble pavements so that the way was carpeted thick with roses for the procession to walk upon. Then came the rulers of the four kingdoms of Oz, the Emperor of the Winkies, the Monarch of the Munchkins, the King of the Quadlings, and the Sovereign of the Gillikins, each wearing a long chain of emeralds around his neck to show that he was a vassal of the ruler of the Emerald City. Next marched the Emerald City Cornet Band, clothed in green and gold uniforms, and playing the Ozma Two-Step. The Royal Army of Oz followed, consisting of twenty-seven officers, from the Captain General down to the lieutenants. There were no privates in Ozma's army, because soldiers were not needed to fight battles, but only to look important, and an officer always looks more imposing than a private. While the people cheered and waved their hats and handkerchiefs, there came walking the royal Princess Ozma, looking so pretty and sweet that it is no wonder her people love her so dearly. She had decided she would not ride in her chariot that day, as she preferred to walk in the procession with her favorite subjects and her guests. Just in front of her trotted the living blue bear rug owned by old Dinah, which wobbled clumsily on its four feet, because there was nothing but the skin to support them, with a stuffed head at one end and a stubby tail at the other. 
but whenever Ozma paused in her walk, the bear rug would flop down flat upon the ground for the princess to stand upon until she resumed her progress. Following the princess stalked her two enormous beasts, the cowardly lion and the hungry tiger, and even if the army had not been there, these two would have been powerful enough to guard their mistress from any harm. Next marched the invited guests, who were loudly cheered by the people of Oz along the road, and were therefore obliged to bow to right and left almost every step of the way. First was Santa Claus, who, because he was fat and not used to walking, rode the wonderful sawhorse. The merry old gentleman had a basket of small toys with him, and he tossed the toys one by one to the children as he passed by. His rills and canucks marched close behind him. Queen Zix of Zix came after, then John Doe and the cherub, with the rubber bear named Para Bruin strutting between them on its hind legs, then the Queen of Maryland, escorted by her wooden soldiers. Then King Bud of Noland and his sister, the Princess Fluff. Then the Queen of Ev and her ten royal children. Then the Braided Man and the Candy Man side by side. Then King Dox of Foxville and King Kickabray of Dunkington, who by this time had become good friends. And finally Johnny Dewitt in his leather apron smoking his long pipe. These wonderful personages were not more heartily cheered by the people than were those who followed after them in the procession. Dorothy was a general favorite, and she walked arm in arm with the Scarecrow, who was beloved by all. Then came Polychrome and Button Bright, and the people loved the Rainbow's pretty daughter and the beautiful blue-eyed boy as soon as they saw them. The shaggy man in his shaggy new suit attracted much attention because he was such a novelty. With regular steps tramped the machine man, tick-tock, and there was more cheering when the Wizard of Oz followed in the procession. The Wogglebug and Jack Pumpkinhead were next, and behind them Glinda the Sorceress and the Good Witch of the North. Finally came Billina with her brood of chickens, to whom she clucked anxiously to keep them together and to hasten them along so they would not delay the procession. Another band followed, this time the tin band of the Emperor of the Winkies, playing a beautiful march called There's No Plate Like Tin. Then came the servants of the royal palace in a long line, and behind them all the people joined the procession and marched away through the emerald gates and out upon the broad green. Here had been erected a splendid pavilion, with a grandstand big enough to seat all the royal party, and those who had taken part in the procession. Over the pavilion, which was of green silk and cloth of gold, countless banners waved in the breeze. Just in front of this, and connected with it by a runway, had been built a broad platform, so that all the spectators could see plainly the entertainment provided for them. The wizard now became master of ceremonies, as Ozma had placed the conduct of the performance in his hands. After the people had all congregated about the platform, and the royal party and the visitors were seated in the grandstand, the wizard skillfully performed some feats of juggling glass balls and lighted candles. He tossed a dozen or so of them high in the air, and caught them one by one as they came down without missing any. 
Then he introduced a scarecrow, who did a sword-swallowing act that aroused much interest. After this, the tin woodman gave an exhibition of swinging the axe, which he made to whirl around him so rapidly that the eye could scarcely follow the motion of the gleaming blade. Glinda the sorceress then stepped upon the platform, and by her magic made a big tree grow in the middle of the space, made blossoms appear upon the tree, and made the blossoms become delicious fruit called tamornas. And so great was the quantity of fruit produced, that when the servants climbed the tree and tossed it down to the crowd, there was enough to satisfy every person present. Para Bruin, the rubber bear, climbed to a limb of the big tree, rolled himself into a ball, and dropped to the platform, whence he bounded up again to the limb. He repeated this bouncing act several times to the great delight of all the children present. After he had finished and bowed and returned to his seat, Glinda waved her wand and the tree disappeared, but its fruit still remained to be eaten. The Good Witch of the North amused the people by transforming ten stones into ten birds, the ten birds into ten lambs, and the ten lambs into ten little girls, who gave a pretty dance, and were then transformed into ten stones again, just as they were in the beginning. Johnny Dewitt next came to the platform with his tool chest, and in a few minutes built a great flying machine, then put his chest in the machine, and the whole thing flew away together, Johnny and all, after he had bid good-bye to those present and thanked the princess for her hospitality. The wizard then announced the last act of all, which was considered really wonderful. He had invented a machine to blow huge soap bubbles as big as balloons, and this machine was hidden under the platform so that only the rim of the big clay pipe to produce the bubbles showed above the flooring. The tank of soap suds and the air pumps to inflate the bubbles were out of sight beneath, so that when the bubbles began to grow upon the floor of the platform, it really seemed like magic to the people of Oz, who knew nothing about even the common soap bubbles that our children blow from a penny clay pipe and a basin of soap and water. The wizard had invented another thing. Usually soap bubbles are frail and burst easily, lasting only a few moments as they float in the air. But the wizard added a sort of glue to his soap suds, which made his bubbles tough, and as the glue dried rapidly when exposed to the air, the wizard's bubbles were strong enough to float for hours without breaking. He began by blowing, by means of his machinery and air pumps, several large bubbles, which he allowed to float upward into the sky, where the sunshine fell upon them and gave them iridescent hues that were most beautiful. This aroused much wonder and delight, because it was a new amusement to every one present, except perhaps Dorothy and Button Bright, and even they had never seen such big, strong bubbles before. The wizard then blew a bunch of small bubbles, and afterward blew a big bubble around them, so they were left in the center of it. Then he allowed the whole mass of pretty globes to float into the air and disappear in the far distant sky. This is really fine, declared Santa Claus, who loved toys and pretty things. I think, Mr. Wizard, I shall have you blow a bubble around me, 
then I can float away home and see the country spread out beneath me as I travel. There isn't a spot on earth that I haven't visited, but I usually go in the night-time, riding behind my swift reindeer. Here's a good chance to observe the country by daylight, while I am riding slowly and at my ease. Do you think you will be able to guide the bubble? asked the wizard. Oh, yes, I know enough magic to do that, replied Santa Claus. You'll blow the bubble with me inside of it, and I'll be sure to get home in safety. Please send me home in a bubble, too, begged the Queen of Maryland. Very well, madam, you shall try the journey first, politely answered old Santa. The pretty wax doll bade good-bye to the Princess Ozma and the others, and stood on the platform while the wizard blew a big soap bubble around her. When completed, he allowed the bubble to float slowly upward, and there could be seen the little Queen of Maryland standing in the middle of it and blowing kisses from her fingers to those below. The bubble took a southerly direction, quickly floating out of sight. "'That's a very nice way to travel,' said Princess Fluff. "'I'd like to go home in a bubble, too.' So the wizard blew a big bubble around Princess Fluff, and another around King Bud, her brother, and a third one around Queen Zix. And soon these three bubbles had mounted into the sky and were floating off in a group in the direction of the kingdom of Noland. The success of these ventures induced the other guests from foreign lands to undertake bubble journeys also, so the wizard put them one by one inside his bubbles, and Santa Claus directed the way they should go, because he knew exactly where everybody lived. Finally, Button Bright said, I want to go home, too. Why, so you shall, cried Santa, for I'm sure your father and mother will be glad to see you again. Mr. Wizard, please blow a big fine bubble for Button Bright to ride in, and I'll agree to send him home to his family as safe as safe can be. I'm sorry, said Dorothy with a sigh, for she was fond of her little comrade. But perhaps it's best for Button Bright to get home, cause his folks must be worrying just dreadful. She kissed the boy, and Ozma kissed him too, and all the others waved their hands and said good-bye and wished him a pleasant journey. Are you glad to leave us, dear? asked Dorothy a little wistfully. Don't know, said Button Bright. He sat down, cross-legged on the platform, with his sailor hat tipped back on his head, and the wizard blew a beautiful bubble all around him. A minute later it had mounted into the sky, sailing toward the west, and the last they saw of Button Bright he was still sitting in the middle of the shining globe and waving his sailor hat at those below. "'Will you ride in a bubble, or shall I send you and Toto home by means of the magic belt?' the princess asked Dorothy. "'Guess I'll use the belt,' replied the little girl. "'I'm sort of afraid of those bubbles.' said Toto, approvingly. He loved to bark at the bubbles as they sailed away, but he didn't care to ride in one. Santa Claus decided to go next. He thanked Ozma for her hospitality and wished her many happy returns of the day. Then the wizard blew a bubble around his chubby little body and smaller bubbles around each of his rills and canucks. As the kind and generous friend of children mounted into the air, the people all cheered at the top of their voices, for they loved Santa Claus dearly. 
and the little man heard them through the walls of his bubble and waved his hands in return as he smiled down upon them. The band played bravely while everyone watched the bubble until it was completely out of sight. "'How about you, Polly?' Dorothy asked her friend. "'Are you afraid of bubbles, too?' "'No,' answered Polychrome, smiling. "'But Santa Claus promised to speak to my father as he passed through the sky, "'so perhaps I shall get home an easier way.' "'Indeed, the little maid had scarcely made this speech "'when a sudden radiance filled the air, "'and while the people looked on in wonder, "'the end of a gorgeous rainbow slowly settled down upon the platform. "'With a glad cry, the rainbow's daughter sprang from her seat and danced along the curve of the bow, mounting gradually upward, while the folds of her gauzy gown whirled and floated around her like a cloud, and blended with the colors of the rainbow itself. "'Good-bye, Ozma! Good-bye, Dorothy!' cried a voice they knew belonged to Polychrome, but now the little maiden's form had melted wholly into the rainbow, and their eyes could no longer see her. Suddenly the end of the rainbow lifted, and its colors slowly faded like mist before a breeze. Dorothy sighed deeply and turned to Ozma. "'I'm sorry to lose Polly,' she said. "'But I guess she's better off with her father, "'cause even the land of Oz couldn't be like home to a cloud fairy.' "'No, indeed,' replied the princess. "'But it has been delightful for us to know Polychrome for a little while, "'and who knows?' Perhaps we may meet the Rainbow's daughter again some day. The entertainment now being ended, all left the pavilion and formed their gay procession back to the Emerald City again. Of Dorothy's recent traveling companions, only Toto and the Shaggy Man remained, and Ozma had decided to allow the latter to live in Oz for a time at least. If he proved honest and true, she promised to let him live there always and the shaggy man was anxious to earn this reward. They had a nice quiet dinner together and passed a pleasant evening with the scarecrow, the tin woodman, Tick-Tock, and the yellow hen for company. When Dorothy bade them good night, she kissed them all good-bye at the same time, for Ozma had agreed that while Dorothy slept, she and Toto should be transported by means of the magic belt to her own little bed in the Kansas farmhouse, and the little girl laughed as she thought how astonished Uncle Henry and Aunt Em would be when she came down to breakfast with them next morning. Quite content to have had so pleasant an adventure, and a little tired by all the day's busy scenes, Dorothy clasped Toto in her arms and lay down upon the pretty white bed in her room in Ozma's royal palace. Presently she was sound asleep. End of chapter 24 End of the Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum Recording by Phil Chenevere, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, May 2012 That's, That's it. it. That's the end of the Road to Oz. She went to sleep and got transported home in a bubble. But they didn't say that it worked out all right, but it did. Come on. Everything works out all right. Everything's yep. awesome. When you're part so, of a team. When you're part of a team, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, no, that was a uh, that was a lot of fun. How many how many shows did it take us to get through that? 
uh, if it was 24 chapters, it was uh, 12 shows, right? Yeah, yeah. So, there we go. Now uh, you just need to tell me what book we start on next week. Yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't know it was going to... It seems like it kind of ended quickly. So I'll have to find out myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> uh-huh. That's we like our... to talk to each other in weird voices, so... That's what our cat Tennessee sounds like. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Now, uh-huh. it, if they know that we make no- voices for our cats, they're going to be like, okay, those two are nuts. Yeah. Yep, we are. <laughs> so... Uh, but no, that was, that was fun. So, uh, again, yeah. though, you know, every single character he created, except for Santa Claus, um, you know, what else, uh, is interesting is, uh, posted in the chat room a little while back, um, Trojan Rabbit actually put, um, a, a, a who's who of all of the Oz characters. So... Last week he posted that, I believe. Yeah, I saw that, but I think there are more. I've got a whole book on them, but yeah. I, I think that might be just—I don't know—maybe Frank L. Baum's characters. L. Frank Baum. You got to put the L. L. First. Frank Baum. I'm sorry, I never do that. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just—you uh, know—he's your guy, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But uh oh, nice rainbow dance there. Yeah. <laughs> That guy is cracking me up. Yeah, that's a that's a very nice little uh, dance. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Let's see. I was about to. Uh, I actually was working on a listing <laughs> when we were listening to that. So it's about to go live. Everybody, be excited! It's the Roger Corman collection. That's my first listing of tonight. Uh, yeah. Featuring a little shop of horrors, Dementia 13, uh, The Terror, Swamp Women, and She Gods of Something Reef. She Gods yeah. of She Gods of Shark Reef. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. All reasons, yeah. so so our foreign our foreign uh, buyers could uh, could get this because it's region free. Oh, by the way, I was doing listings last night, and an interesting thing happened. I don't know if I told you this, Susan, but one of them mm-hmm. is a European region two, uh, a PAL region DVD. So I just went with it and made sure it was listed. And I put, note, this is not a Region 1 DVD. You cannot play it in the in North and South America. So uh. that was uh, an interesting thing. It slipped through the cracks at our, our, at our, uh, our local sourcing place. Our uh, arbitrage or whatever that is. A European DVD got in. Yeah. What? How weird yeah. is that? Somebody didn't check its papers. So <laughs> Does it have a passport? I hope so. Uh mm-hmm. anyway, uh Blue Fairy Book. Uh we have uh let me see. This is uh Oh gosh. I gotta I gotta look it up again because it doesn't doesn't say what it is 
unless I look at it in the folder. Prince Hyacinth and the Dear Little Princess. That's what we have from the Blue Fairy book Says. tonight. Huh? Yeah. The Dear Little Princess. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you ready to, to yeah, do that? Yeah, I am ready. I am ready. All right, here you go. Prince Hyacinth and the Dear Little Princess of the Blue Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. The Blue Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Chapter 2. Prince Hyacinth and the Dear Little Princess. Once upon a time there lived a king who was deeply in love with a princess, but she could not marry anyone, because she was under an enchantment. So the king set out to seek a fairy, and asked what he could do to win the princess's love. The fairy said to him, You know that the princess has a great cat, which she is very fond of. Whoever is clever enough to tread on the cat's tail is the man she is destined to marry. The king said to himself that this would not be very difficult, and he left the fairy, determined to grind the cat's tail to powder rather than not tread on it at all. You may imagine that it was not long before he went to see the princess, and Puss, as usual, marched in before him, arching his back. The king took a long step, and quite thought he had the tail under his foot, but the cat turned round so sharply that he only trod on air. And so it went on for eight days, till the king began to think that this fatal tail must be full of quicksilver. It was never still for a moment. At last, however, he was lucky enough to come upon Puss fast asleep, and with his tail conveniently spread out. So the king, without losing a moment, set his foot upon it heavily. With one terrific yell, the cat sprung up and instantly changed into a tall man, who, fixing his angry eyes upon the king, said, You shall marry the princess because you have been able to break the enchantment, but I will have my revenge. You shall have a son who will never be happy until he finds out that his nose is too long. And if you ever tell anyone what I have just said to you, you shall vanish away instantly, and no one shall ever see you or hear of you again. Though the king was horribly afraid of the enchanter, he could not help laughing at this threat. If my son has such a long nose as that, he said to himself, he must always see it or feel it, at least if he is not blind or without hands. But as the enchanter had vanished, he did not waste any more time in thinking, but went to seek the princess, who very soon consented to marry him. But after all, they had not been married very long when the king died, and the queen had nothing left to care for but her little son who was called Hyacinth. The little prince had large blue eyes, the prettiest eyes in the world, and a sweet little mouth, 
But, alas, his nose was so enormous that it covered half his face. The queen was inconsolable when she saw this great nose, but her ladies assured her that it was not really as large as it looked, that it was a Roman nose, and you had only to open any history to see that every hero has a large nose. The queen, who was devoted to her baby, was pleased with what they told her, and when she looked at Hyacinth again, his nose certainly did not seem to her quite so large. The prince was brought up with great care, and, as soon as he could speak, they told him all sorts of dreadful stories about people who had short noses. No one was allowed to come near him, whose nose did not more or less resemble his own. And the courtiers, to get into favour with the queen, took to pulling their babies' noses several times every day to make them grow long. But, do what they would, they were nothing by comparison with the princes. When he grew sensible, he learned history, and whenever any great prince or beautiful princess was spoken of, his teachers took care to tell him that they had long noses. His room was hung with pictures, all of people with very large noses, and the prince grew up so convinced that a long nose was a great beauty that he would not on any account have had his own a single inch shorter. When his twentieth birthday was past, the queen thought it was time that he should be married, so she commanded that the portraits of several princesses should be brought for him to see, and among the others was a picture of the dear little princess. Now she was the daughter of a great king, and would some day possess several kingdoms herself. But Prince Hyacinth had not a thought to spare for anything of that sort. He was so much struck with her beauty, the princess, whom he thought quite charming, had, however, a little saucy nose, which, in her face, was the prettiest thing possible. But it was a cause of great embarrassment to the courtiers, who had got into such a habit of laughing at little noses that they sometimes found themselves laughing at hers before they had time to think. But this did not do at all before the prince, who quite failed to see the joke, and actually banished two of his courtiers who had dared to mention disrespectfully the dear little princess's tiny nose. The others, taking warning from this, learned to think twice before they spoke, and one even went so far as to tell the prince that, though it was quite true that no man could be worth anything unless he had a long nose, still a woman's beauty was a different thing, and he knew a learned man who understood Greek and had read in some old manuscripts that the beautiful Cleopatra herself had a tip-tilted nose. The prince made him a splendid present as a reward for this good news, and at once sent ambassadors to ask the dear little princess in marriage. The king, her father, gave his consent, and Prince Hyacinth, who in his anxiety to see the princess had gone three leagues to meet her, 
was just advancing to kiss her hand when, to the horror of all who stood by, the enchanter appeared as suddenly as a flash of lightning, and, snatching up the dear little princess, whirled her away out of their sight. The prince was left quite unconsolable, and declared that nothing should induce him to go back to his kingdom until he had found her again, and refusing to allow any of his courtiers to follow him, he mounted his horse and rode sadly away, letting the animal choose his own path. So it happened that he came presently to a great plain, across which he rode all day long without seeing a single house, and horse and rider were terribly hungry, when, as the night fell, the prince caught sight of a light which seemed to shine from a cavern. He rode up to it and saw a little old woman who appeared to be at least a hundred years old. She put on her spectacles to look at Prince Hyacinth, but it was quite a long time before she could fix them securely because her nose was so very short. The prince and the fairy, for that was who she was, had no longer looked at one another than that they went into fits of laughter and cried at the same moment, Oh, what a funny nose! Not so funny as your own, said Prince Hyacinth to the fairy. But, madam, I beg you to leave the consideration of our noses, such as they are, and to be good enough to give me something to eat, for I am starving, and so is my poor horse. With all my heart, said the fairy, though your nose is so ridiculous you are, nevertheless, the son of my best friend, I loved your father as if he had been my brother. Now, he had a very handsome nose, and pray, what does mine lack? said the prince. Oh, it doesn't lack anything, replied the fairy. On the contrary, quite. There is only too much of it. But never mind, one may be a very worthy man, though his nose is too long. I was telling you that I was your father's friend. He often came to see me in the old times and you must know that I was very pretty in those days. At least, he used to say so. I should like to tell you of the conversation we had the last time I ever saw him. Indeed, said the prince, when I have supped it will give me the greatest pleasure to hear it. But consider, madam, I beg of you, that I have had nothing to eat today. The poor boy is right, said the fairy. I was forgetting. Come in, then, and I will give you some supper. And while you are eating, I can tell you my story in a very few words, for I don't like endless tales myself. Too long a tongue is worse than too long a nose, and I remember when I was young that I was so much admired for not being a great chatterer. They used to tell the Queen, my mother, that it was so, for though you see what I am now, I was the daughter of a great king, my father. Your father, I dare say, got something to eat when he was hungry, interrupted the prince. Oh, certainly, answered the fairy, and you also shall have supper directly. I only just wanted to tell you. 
"'But I really cannot listen to anything "'until I have had something to eat,' cried the prince, "'who was getting quite angry. "'But then, remembering that he had better be polite "'as he much needed the fairy's help, he added, "'I know that in the pleasure of listening to you "'I should quite forget my own hunger, "'but my horse, who cannot hear you, "'must really be fed.' The fairy was very much flattered by this compliment, and said, calling to her servants, You shall not wait another minute. You are so polite, and in spite of the enormous size of your nose, you are really very agreeable. Plague take the old lady. How she does go on about my nose, said the prince to himself. One would almost think that mine had taken all the extra length that hers lacks. If I were not so hungry, I would soon have done with this chatterpie, who thinks she talks very little. How stupid people are not to see their own faults. That comes of being a princess. She has been spoiled by flatterers, who have made her believe that she is quite a moderate talker. Meanwhile, the servants were putting the supper on the table, and the prince was much amused to hear the fairy who asked them a thousand questions simply for the pleasure of hearing herself speak. Especially he noticed one maid who, no matter what was being said, always contrived to praise her mistress's wisdom. Well, he thought, as he ate his supper, I'm very glad I came here. This just shows me how sensible I have been in never listening to flatterers. People of that sort praise us to our faces without shame, and hide our faults or change them into virtues. For my part, I never will be taken in by them. I know my own defects, I hope. Poor Prince Hyacinth, he really believed what he said, and hadn't an idea that the people who had praised his nose were laughing at him, just as the fairy's maid was laughing at her for the prince had seen her laugh slyly when she could do so without the fairies noticing her. However, he said nothing, and presently, when his hunger began to be appeased, the fairy said, My dear prince, might I beg you to move a little more that way? For your nose casts such a shadow that I really cannot see what I have on my plate. Ah, thanks. Now, let us speak of your father. When I went to his court, he was only a little boy. But that is forty years ago, and I have been in this desolate place ever since. Tell me what goes on nowadays. Are the ladies as fond of amusement as ever? In my time, one saw them at parties, theatres, balls, and promenades every day. Dear me, what... A long nose you have. I cannot get used to it. Really, madam, said the prince, I wish you would leave off mentioning my nose. It cannot matter to you what it is like. I am quite satisfied with it, and have no wish to have it shorter. One must take what is given one. Now you are angry with me, my poor Hyacinth, said the fairy and I assure you that I didn't mean to vex you. On the contrary, 
I wish to do you a service. However, though I really cannot help your nose being a shock to me, I will try not to say anything about it. I will even try to think that you have an ordinary nose. To tell the truth, it would make three reasonable ones. The prince, who was no longer hungry, grew so impatient at the fairy's continual remarks about his nose that at last he threw himself upon his horse and rode hastily away. But wherever he came in his journeyings, he thought the people were mad, for they all talked of his nose, and yet he could not bring himself to admit that it was too long. He had been so used all his life to hear it called handsome. The old fairy, who wished to make him happy at last, hit upon a plan. She shut the dear little princess up in a palace of crystal, and put this palace down where the prince would not fail to find it. His joy at seeing the princess again was extreme, and he set to work with all his might to try to break her prison. But in spite of all his efforts, he failed utterly. In despair, he thought at least that he would try to get near enough to speak to the dear little princess, who, on her part, stretched out her hand that he might kiss it, but turn which way he might, he never could raise it to his lips, for his long nose always prevented it. For the first time he realized how long it really was, and exclaimed, Well, it must be admitted that my nose is too long. In an instant the crystal prison flew into a thousand splinters, and the old fairy, taking the dear little princess by the hand, said to the prince, now, say if you are not very much obliged to me, much good it was for me to talk to you about your nose. You would never have found out how extraordinary it was if it hadn't hindered you from doing what you wanted to. You see how self-love keeps us from knowing our own defects of mind and body. Our reason tries in vain to show them to us. We refuse to see them till we find them in the way of our interests. Prince Hyacinth, whose nose was now just like anyone's else, did not fail to profit by the lesson he had received. He married the dear little princess, and they lived happily ever after. Footnote. La Prince de Zire à la Princesse Mignon, par Madame le Prince de Beaumont. End of story. Hey, big okay. nose. Self-love keeps us from knowing our defects. Well, what do you know? I never heard that before. Ah, oh, very strange. Very strange indeed. So, yeah, that was, uh, was a fun little story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you looked up long nose, too, and then found the woman that turned her nose into a stripper butt. Yeah. That's... Ow. <laughs> can't look away. See, that's what I saw that one, and I was like, wow, I just can't... Can't... No. That's wrong. That's 
art. Uh, Maybe it is art. I don't know. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Well, there it is. It's uh, 9 o'clock as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we should probably start wrapping things up. uh, Let's do it. Play our our intro, outro music and everything. But no, uh, yeah, fun show. Uh, You know, uh, again, thanks to our listener for making that big purchase. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy some of the freebies. Not all, all of it's that great, but I think I threw a couple cool things in there. Um, sure. And, uh, and yeah, you know, it's, uh, um, our store is expanding yeah. every day. Uh, lots of crazy fun stuff. I'm getting some Kung Fu stuff put in there. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, not some weird. Kung Fu stuff. Cool stuff. Interesting. Diverse stuff. Because so. every time you say Kung Fu, I think of the song, Everybody Was Kung Fu Fighting. Yeah, I just think of David Carradine. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. He's eh. pretty cool. <laughs> eh. Eh. Susan says, eh. I mean, I remember when that song came out, it was like, everybody was Kung Fu Fighting. Like, Everybody. Like everyone, there's not like you're walking down the street and everybody just breaks into kung fu fighting, man. Just like those dogs that aren't our dogs breaking out. Yeah, those aren't our dogs. That's those are corgis, and they're cute, but they sound threatening, don't they? They're not. They could maybe rip your socks. That's about as high as they could get. They're just little lowriders. Yeah. With big butts. Anyway, I uh, hope everybody anyway. has a great week. We'll be on It Came From Cleveland tomorrow, of course. Uh, Michelle's got a big one. Speaking of Carradines, she'll be talking about uh, John Carradine and um, Lon Chaney Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, James Spader and oh, who was my other birthday pick? Um uh, I don't remember. I'll, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Miles has another submarine story, and Joe is going to be talking about Joe Pesci. So nice. that's fun. Uh, and don't forget that uh, this week on Mythical Moment, Odysseus meets a one-eyed giant who may or may not be the Cyclops in the traditional ah. sense. There you go. Adam so posted on our wall, which I thought was, that was very nice fun stuff very nice and i yep. uh, yeah and then uh but that's all i got Suze, you got 30 seconds uh like i said mythical moments coming up uh it came from cleveland tomorrow hope you're having a good week and enjoying the cool winter because eventually spring will come and that's okay so so many family members have birthdays this month it's crazy for me I don't know about you, but yeah. So just stay warm. Spring's coming. Go ahead. What else did you need to say, Ken? Anything? Uh, oh, no. I gave you the last 30 seconds like 40 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> the music's okay, done. Bye. The music's done. Bye.